Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich. I'm your loyal host, and on episode 67 today of the podcast, I speak with my good pal Matt Fong. Matt Jerry Maguire Fong. Enjoy this. He plays in Future Machines, Falcon Punch. He even plays with me every Monday night at the old Cameron House, the first Monday of every month. Come check Matt out. He plays bass and synth uh, in my band, and it's a real pleasure to play with him. Uh, Man, he's a real DIY guy. We get into it from an undisclosed location at Brit Paper Scissors Studio. Um, He's got a process for putting shit out, and we talk about that. We talk about media releases. We talk about nibbles from the media, his teachers. We even get into the patron saint of of cutlery, St. Elizabeth Seton. Talk about Chase Sanborn. Some very interesting things come up in this podcast. And wait for that beautiful moment of synthesizer Patel Loopery. So here it is now, episode 67, my conversation with the wonderful, the lovely, the sweet soul, Mr. Matt Fong. studio of Matt Fong in the Brittany Paper Scissors studio at an undisclosed location in the dirty city of Toronto. Welcome to Industry Tactics, Matt Fong. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Matthew, middle name, Jerry Fong, MJF. MJ, MJMF. Matthew Jerry Mary Fong. Jerry Maguire. Ooh, Matthew Jerry Maguire Fong. Just a kid with a dream. How old are you when we find you here, Matthew? In the is it Matthew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, uh, in this uh, in this cold uh, February uh, afternoon. Uh, I. What are you? Twenty six. No. He's twenty eight. Twenty eight. He's just a kid with a dream. <laughs> So we'll hit rewind, but uh, thrilled to have you on. Thrilled to have you on, and thank you thrilled for opening up the here. studio. Yeah. Oh no, thanks for thanks for stopping by. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about music and what is on the table. So you've got Matt Fong. For those of you who don't know Matt Fong, here's some of his music. Now here is a the the single off of what's coming up. Uh, this is called Expresso Boss. Uh, the first single off of his upcoming 
uh, EP. EP, I suppose you and, would call and, it. And he plays bass. No, he no. plays guitar, guitar. In, the, in this project, but he's a bassist by trade. You wouldn't know it to hear him scratch his shitty old beard. That was, <laughs> Can you what, hear that? Yeah, you wouldn't hear it to hear him scratch his beard. But here it comes now, the Espresso Boss uh, from his current project, one of many projects we're going to get into, Future Machines. Check it out.
You're playing guitar on that guitar, track. Who's guitar. in this band? Future Machines. Uh, well, there's me. You I on guitar. guitar. And uh, I write most of the music as well. Okay. And uh, Chris Pruden plays. He's the bass player, but uh, uh, bass, he, he plays bass on a synthesizer, a, mm. Mo, a, a Moog Voyager. Love that. And, uh, and the drummer on the recording is Lorenzo Castelli. Okay. Um, ah, blast. I've wanted to make a note in prior podcasts. I never have a piece of paper and a pen. We can, would you like one? We can. No, it's gotten me this far. So <laughs> Lorenzo Catelli. Yeah. Um, you say he drummed on that track. Is he gone? Did he go away? Is he moved? No, well, he. he what lives, happened to he, him? He lives in Burlington. Burlington, Ontario. Uh, Burlington, Ontario. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, he, no, he, we, we, we still play with him from time to time, but, great, uh, great. but, uh, Mac Longpre, who's in the city, he's been playing with us the last handful of shows. Great. Great. So right on. And you're, you're planning, we're here and he's designing this. He's hard at work on a, on a, on a cassette design. You're going to release this thing on cassette. Yes. Cassette. So this kind of taps into your aesthetic, your body of work. You're, you're, uh. What are you doing? The last thing you released, you just told me, was? Uh, the last thing I released would have been... Would have been the, f- the last Falcon Punch EP okay. in 2000. And I think we released it in 2014. So it's, been a, okay. it's, been it's been a, been a, a minute. It's been a minute, yeah, <laughs> as they say industry tactics and a lot of do you feel like anything has changed in the in the world of putting things into the world creative shit out there into the ethos um into the cosmos the ether the ethos i don't know i don't think too much has changed um i think the way i think about it has changed a little bit oh yeah but i think in general like i i was just a little more like I'm trying to be more careful this time. Ooh, and more nice. like maybe careful. Um, I don't thoughtful. know. Careful, thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Where before I I would just make a thing and then put it on Bandcamp and maybe have a show. But I'm after now. I'm just trying to be a little more thoughtful and like do like I like I wrote a press release for it and all yeah. that all of that stuff like sending it to press and yeah seeing seeing what happens with that instead of just did you write it yourself i did yeah and how did like that's kind of in industry tactics we actually i'm loving this podcast because we've not really you're the first person in 65 interviews to even mention a media release i think which is kind of interesting to me Hmm. right because it's not really maybe it's something that we don't i guess we all kind of do it or don't do it or how did you go about it? Like, it's not that it's not that fun, but I guess it is a necessity, isn't it? To try to get people to notice it. Yeah, well, it's a move. It's a move. I think I before I wouldn't do it because I didn't even really know that. You're it never really even taught. occurred to me to do it. Did you put the little dash thirty three dash at the bottom? That's supposed to mean something for. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for what that media is. release nerds. They taught me that at Harris. <laughs> I don't know what it's supposed to do. I think it's supposed to mean something for journalists. Anyways, you were trying to pick up the story anyway. Okay. 
No, I didn't know about that. This is horse shit. <laughs> you put it on the bottom to seem more legit. Just like on the bottom of the sheet? Yeah, you put a dash, dash 33. Three, three or 34. I don't know what the number is, hence. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Was it I like guess. a se- secret code for yeah, like, like, take s- me seriously? Because yeah. I know to put the 33 <laughs> yeah. on the sheet. I'm in the industry, clearly. <laughs> I, I know what the number means. Um, so, okay, so you threw this thing out there. You did. You released the first single, what, a couple weeks ago, right? This thing is yeah, fresh, a, little, a month a ago, maybe. Yeah, a little over a week ago. Oh, a little, that's all? Yeah, it was... It wasn't that long. It was, I think it was actually, it was February, it would have been February 8th. Shit, man, you look like, exactly the same in that photo the way you do right now. Like, it's pretty <laughs> fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we took that photo, like... Right here. The day before that release, actually. Right this is grassroots. This is grassroots. I love how DIY <laughs> the whole thing is. And, well, man, okay, just rewind for a second here. You're hopping me up on this Americano and we're all over the map. Focus. That music is beautiful. Oh, um, thank you. How do you go about writing something? So is that, what, what do you call that gender? Is that uh, math rock? That's what, uh, that's the word I usually use for it. Partially. It's pretty mathematical. I mean, it, 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 it fits, I suppose, because, yeah, it's like instrumental guitar music. It has time signatures that are changing a little bit and polyrhythms and stuff like that. Um, are you guys writing that in the room together or you come to... to uh... No, usually I write a thing and scribble it down on some... Like, script, just scribble the guitar part down on some paper and then give it to the guys. And Great. And they, it's a kernel for they figure out how to how to how to make it into a full thing i guess yep yeah so so yeah I, I just kind of write these guitar parts and and try to structure it into a piece of music somehow and then bring it to chris and lorenzo or mac or and see where it goes and um w- I, I want to talk about all your other projects. So we'll talk about a question. If I forget is how you change your game writing for Falcon punch or, or, or other, we'll ask right. that later, but let's okay. get back. Let's get back to the media release. So, okay. So right. you bake this thing. How long has this thing been? The, oh, these four my. tunes, how long have you had them done? Two years. I would say this is the mock cassette listening at home Two yar. <laughs> he's had, he's had this future machines project recorded mixed ready to go for two yar uh probably like mixed and mastered like almost yeah almost maybe no well i I mastered it twice because i didn't i decided i didn't like the first master so i probably got got it mastered the first time so it was quote unquote ready yeah two years ago what didn't you like about the first master you're a bit of a fussy uh listen um i i didn't think so but then i i turned i guess i was they were. That's they was just a little too, uh, a little too crushed. Like the dynamic, okay. like the, the, some okay. of the dynamics were lost. So I, I have uh, a good friend of mine, Scott Sokolowski. I, I had him uh, remaster them, mm-hmm. like not from the. Yeah, I guess you would call it remaster it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, turned out a little better. I think. So yeah, we're, we're sounds going great. With, we're going with Scott's masters, and yeah. Right on. Sitting on something for two years. Well, <laughs> so what's going on? So it's, that's interesting. Is it not a, 
you weren't pre- you didn't feel pressured to to put it out there or what like you, or you just I didn't want to pressure myself yeah actually yeah. is mostly I think That's what it nicely was put. yeah and but then the 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 side effect of that of not pressuring yourself is that it two years goes by and you're like oh wow it's it's been a it's been a little while yeah. maybe I should like put it out that's cool though. Um, it's very cool because it sounds nobody needs to know that. I guess we just we're we're digging into it a little bit, but nobody <laughs> yeah, needs okay. to know that as it as it gets out, it gets out, and you're doing your thing. Yeah, because uh, I guess like if when it, I mean, a few people have heard it, but it's if it's in a, like you, it's interesting to think like it's existed for two years, but it's existed only to a select few people to the rest of the. To anybody else, it it's doesn't brand exist. It's brand fucking new, right? So it doesn't really doesn't. Yeah, is it is it new? Is it old? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and is this your first uh, Future Machines release? Yes. Beauty, beauty. And how did how was it received from your media release? I don't know yet. I've I heard back any from, nibbles. Yeah, a couple of nibbles. Um, what we call nibbles in the industry you got some so you gotta stay persistent on that shit and follow up and line it all up right yeah i guess so that's what they say to do i guess that's what i have to do dash it's 33 all, um, it's all dash. new to me so we're finding out as we go right yeah 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 i got a couple of responses uh one mm-hmm. of them was just to say thanks for sending and great you know we'll let you like we'll we'll write back again if we're gonna write about it yeah and uh the other nibble. This was really interesting, actually. There, I, I, um, I found there's this cool blog from Ireland called Overblown that I discovered, and uh, mm-hmm. they write about this kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. sort of left, uh, weird rock kind of things, like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So um, I, tr- I went, I went on their website and I was yep. trying to trying to figure out how to submit and it took me to this thing called Submit Hub. Yeah. And I had to pay money yeah. to submit this thing yeah. to this blog. Which at first I was like, well, this is weird. Yeah, Why do I have to pay money to do this? Right, right. And then but there's all these things built into it. So like I it was like I had to pay like six US dollars. Okay. To get five credits to use to submit to whatever blogs use this service engine engine and um hmm. but the offs the 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 trade-off is that mm-hmm. they have to listen to it they can't ignore it oh no shit. so part it said like oh like part of as the part deal of their since de- you're paying okay. for it uh, we will listen. They have like the blogs are required. The blogs oh, cool. you submit to are required to listen to the thing, and they're required to answer you. Whether they're going to write about it, they don't. They're not required to write about it, but they'll tell you because they're there. So they will not ignore you. So and that was kind of that was a very interesting thing to learn that there's this thing that uh, facilitates submitting music to media. And in the way, like I was just going to say, like old world, if you're it's the price of postage, essentially. Like if you're I doing a so, mass yeah. mailing yeah, of your true. work, I mean, you can justify it as an expense, right? Yeah, because I yeah, that's you know, actually, you're going to mail really out all these cassettes to try to get a review. It's the same fucking thing, right? Yeah. So cool, very cool. 
So if you're listening at home, tweet us at Industry Tactics. Let us know what you think of that tactic. Uh, Matt Fong <laughs> is definitely bringing in some new new ideas here. First, the media release, dash, three, three, dash. And look that up, the meaning of it, and let us know what you think. But also, the submit hub, six US dollars, gets you six shots. At, five shots. Five shots five at shots. a review, at a review, which is pretty good. Those are good odds in the, in the game of bingo. Yeah, I wonder, like, as I've... It was such a new thing to discover. And, like, I wouldn't have done it if this one particular blog I wanted to submit to wasn't on there. That's cool. Right. How, so, how it led you to that. Yeah. Yeah. Really neat. Really neat. But also, like, I, there, I, looking through the list of blogs, there's nothing, I don't know if there's anything else that makes sense to submit to. So I have four credits left, and I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> but you did a great job of getting a nice... I thought it was a great... Um, when you released the single uh, that we just heard, you did a great job of getting that um, a home, right? You found mm. that a home on another blog. Yeah. So good for you. Like you're, you. you're doing your thing, right? Yeah, trying some things out, I suppose. And these are, this is all new for you, like the, these kind of, this kind of approach to it, which I think is, is inspiring to see you change it, change it up five years later from the way you used to release music to now, you know? Yeah. You're still you. Yeah. You're still you. Yeah. 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 No, I'm just trying to be a little more thorough. Thorough, that's the word. How many other, um, <laughs> nice word, how many other um, releases are you fucking sitting on? Uh, one. Okay. One. So since recording this one, is we that recorded another one. Future Machines? Yeah. So there's is a that... second Future Machines EP. No, but I heard something else. That's Hold on. secret. Hold on. What did I hear? That shit with uh, oh. uh, Greaves that he, he played. Oh. <laughs> what was that? There's oh more my God, than, how yeah. could I forget? Yeah. What was Uh-oh. that? What Sorry, was that? Rob. Yeah. Hi, Rob. What was that? Uh, yeah, we recorded some new Blasternaut music. That was Blasternaut. Blasternaut. Okay, so if you've made it this far on the podcast, how many different, Matt, how many different projects are you, uh, I, w- I was going to use the word spearheading, but just a part of in the mix on. How many different um, pro- projects are you a part of right now? You're Blasternaut. Blasternaut. That's Future how you find, you find Matt as Blastromat. Yeah. On Instagram, by the way. But go ahead. Blastronaut, Future, Future Machines. Machines. I think that's it. Like in terms of like things Falcon, that I write Falcon music Punch, for. though. There's Falcon Punch. But you're, that's yeah. not active anymore? Is that uh, no, not, not exactly. Okay, so we, haven't, we haven't done anything since the last EP. So. Okay. I mean, it's, it's all, it could happen. It could always, it's, it's not like we decided to stop making music together yeah but it's a it's a kind of a dormant more dormant project yeah okay because i do want to play some of this stuff if yeah. we can like a bl- blastronaut maybe not new right but, there's, but maybe there's you're old, released yeah, blastronaut. blastronaut okay yeah. good 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 okay so um let, let's talk about how you got addicted to this game of music when where you i know you come from aurora you grew up in aurora ontario aurora, yeah. aurora ontario <laughs> Um, but, but how do you come to it? How do you fall in love with the game of music making? I don't really remember it just cause it was kind of always there. Like, like, so, so how did you, what did you start playing? What was your first instrument? Piano. You your piano, piano, piano yeah. guy. Okay. Growing um, up in Aurora, who are some of your first teachers? Uh, 
Uh, I started taking piano lessons with uh, Nancy Halford. Nancy Halford. When I was nine. Okay. I think. Did you go through Royal Conservatory kind of path? Yeah. Yeah. I did all that conservatory stuff. Like up to grade? Grade eight. Grade eight. Yeah. Did the exams. Did the exams. Were they, were, were they shit? The exams? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the exams were shit. Who, who were some of the composers that grabbed your ear? Oh, man. I mean, at the time, like, it was kind of just, like, for the most part, it, like, I didn't have... I didn't have... Like, I was a kid, right? So I didn't... I don't know if then you... At least for me, maybe some kids have uh, more of an active interest in like who wrote the music, but I didn't. It was just kind of whatever my teacher had me play. Mm. But towards to, getting towards grade eight, I liked playing. I remember there's this one Scarlatti son, okay. sonata that yeah. I really liked playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember learning learning a couple of like jazz arrangements like for that oh, were yeah. in there like there was like a Duke Ellington arrangement uh that was kind of fun for me to play when I was 13 12 13 Your teacher's name is Eleanor Pitpat what's her name Eleanor <laughs> At that time it was uh it was Madeline Swain Madeline Swain yeah. Great She was age. a great teacher great. actually Great what made her great Um Just like, uh, hmm, that's a great question. I'm not, just like one of those teachers who makes you feel comfortable yeah, and not like under an immense amount of pressure yeah, and, and is encouraging and, uh, able to explain how things, you know, how to go about things to a, to a kid that isn't like hard to grasp just like just a kind of a a warm very warm experience you ever wonder how like you survive as a musician like like you all these years there's all these opportunities in a lot of ways if i look at people's educations it's like they're they're if i'm going to look at it with a pessimist eye i could think of like whack-a-mole like all these all these moments where the, the the flame or the love of the music could go away if one really shitty experience happens like you fail an exam or right yeah or or you shit your pants on stage or something right <laughs> like i i mean did um so i think of like yeah like uh swain and what she might have done to help kind of foster you along or just help you find your voice like i'm assuming at some point you go down the wrong path and you you experience like heavier music and or or guitar and yeah and want to you know and i guess like you know when does that happen and and i don't know like i just think were there any before i ask that question were there any fragile moments where you thought of stopping yeah basically yeah yesterday pretty much when i wake up in the morning yeah (laughs) yeah no um (laughs) i mean at that time like when i had to prepare for an exam yeah, sure. Those conservatory sure. exams that's, where that's it was just on, a eh? drag to have to do that. And there, it was weird because I, I never liked doing that, but I you thankful knew that though? I had to. I knew, well, I didn't have to do it, but I knew that some, somewhere, somewhere in my head I had decided that it was a good idea for me to go through with them, so I did. 
are you are you are you thankful for that kind of to be raised on that shit yeah i'd say so yeah it's interesting it's i don't think about it too much but i think like i think going through all of that was important for me it's a vocabulary right yeah so um sure it's like one way to learn it now Okay, so then what? You go into elementary school? Did you play an instrument? In, I guess you were playing piano throughout elementary school. Then is that? The yeah, thing? the schools, the elementary school I went to didn't have a music program. Where'd you go? So it was uh, uh, Saint Elizabeth Seton. We got a little Catholic boy on yep, our hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Altar boy? Catholic. No, I was never no, an altar no, no. boy. I played. I played. Uh, I played bass in the church choir. Jesus. And my piano teacher, Madeline Swain, was the choir right leader. On. Choir wow. choir master? Yeah, sure. She played the organ. A while. At the church. Cool, so cool, great, great. So, you know, in high school, Catholic high school, there's like a community service requirement, a certain amount oh, of yeah, hours. Yeah. yeah, that's what yours so was. So I, I played in the choir. That's kind of bullshit, playing bass in a, you're not exactly doing no good with those low notes. <laughs> Yeah, probably. You, you could have probably gone to it. You could have done a little more. You yeah, shovel, probably. Shovel yeah. any old people's driveways? Uh, no. Bloody hell. Bloody yeah. hell. Anyway, <laughs> we'll do it all over again. Don't worry. Um, okay, so then you get to high school. You leave St. Elizabeth Seton. What the fuck Saint is St. Elizabeth Seton? I don't we'll know. look her up. Look her up. Let's yeah. uh, let's get into it. You should know. You went to her elementary school, I but know, I right? I don't know the the saints. I don't know what uh, Saint John the Apostle. Don't even know what he did for us. Is that the school you went? to? Yeah, I think so. Saint John Newman, and then they turned him into an apostle at some point. So they changed the name of the school. I digress. Where do you go to high school after that? Uh, Sacred Heart Catholic High School in Newmarket, Ontario. Sounds pretty cool. Sacred Heart. And you and your older brother, Michael Michael Fong, who's also into music. Yeah. Was he a big inspiration? Like, uh, how much? How older is, is Michael than you? How much older? Two years. Two years. That's yeah. great. So he's getting into all the... What's he getting into and how's that trickling down to young Matt? Well, I guess Michael was the one who discovered, like, rock music and stuff and started playing guitar. And then that, you know, then I would see, I saw that going on and thought that that was a cool thing was he in a band or something yeah yeah he yeah we both had bands throughout high school what was your first band in high school oh my god here we go um (laughs) my first band uh the name of it was uh, my first band was a ska band okay as it often was for people my age i later discovered oh interesting many friends of mine interesting like oh you played in a ska band in high school too. that's fun that's fun to observe Um, that and it was called Vanilla Feed Cake. It's great. So you, you've always had the gift. I guess. Yeah. What gift? No. You have a gift of uh, interesting names. Yeah. So, okay. And, and uh, so Michael was getting you into some stuff. Were your parents pretty supportive throughout? Yeah. Very. Yeah? Very. So another whack-a-mole moment there. So, so supportive parents never hurt in, uh, in the dream of fostering music, uh, a great musician. No, I think that's one of the, probably one of the most important things. What are your folks' names? Uh, Mary Grace and David. Mary Grace and David. Maria Grazias. Maria Grazia. Uh, the birth let's, certificate let's, says Maria Grazia. Let's have some respect, <laughs> Mary Grace. Maria Gra. Yeah. Maria Gra. Oh, Maria, yeah, there you go. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. yeah you, the short yeah. form. Yeah. 
we'll definitely hear a lot of that on the hills, yeah. on the hillsides. Good, good. So your mom's Italian. Yep. Father Chinese, yes? Yeah, Chinese, uh, but born and raised in Fiji. Oh, yes. You've got the Fiji water. <laughs> Fiji water, yeah. So great, great, great. And, and, and you've, you've always lived in Aurora, correct? You Born and bred. Yeah, raised in, yeah in we, never, we never moved as a kid. Planting, and you've got a good garden there in, in Aurora, don't you? Excellent garden. You see? And this is what brings two Michael Michael Fong and Matt Matt Matty Matty Fong to, to life. Making their making their music, so so Michael's influencing you. Would you say in in high school or no? Um, I think probably. I mean, probably probably we liked different stuff, but we you're pretty tight though. You guys are. I didn't even know you had a brother until like not even eight months ago. Yeah, fascinating. And so he and and he's a musician. He's doing his thing. Yep. Yeah, musician and uh, recording engineer. Recording producer. engineer and producer. The, the brothers Fong. And yeah. so, and so at some point you go, I want to study post-secondary with this, with this. Was that a big step? No, that just, that, that, that was, that kind of was, uh, that was kind of always the, the obvious for me. It, it was always like, it was kind of always what was going to happen. I think I decided pretty quickly. It's like this is gonna that that's gonna be the thing. Was there there was a high school band like you were digging in a little more seriously, or or you were in bands, but was there a, a music program? Yeah, in high there school was that a music program in high school. Um, I played trombone in high school. Wow, and I was like in the concert band and the jazz band and stuff. Wow, but wow. Tr- playing trombone, there was a actually it's so funny to think about. It. There was a minute where I thought it was I was deciding between study like pursuing like oh should I should I apply to school? Like with like, should I go play bass or should I play trombone or? Yeah. Wow. And I, it's so funny to think about that. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. crazy talk. Trombone. <laughs> you don't feel it. eh? you're like, that's not me. No, like, that's really not interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how like, yeah. So you, I'm just interested also in how you found, found bass and, and uh, and became kind of the musician that you are. Like, are you? Because you you went to U of T for music, right? Yep. Yes. In the jazz program. Yes. So, what led you there? Like the jazz, and and I want to hear what you felt about that program. How you felt it helped shape who you are, for better or worse. Right. right? Like the experience doesn't always yeah. have to be a beautiful ride in order to help shape. Right. So. I don't know, like, you thought, I'm going to go to U of T for jazz. Yeah, yeah. What I, drove you to that? Mostly I wanted to be downtown. I applied okay. at U of T, Humber, and York, and I, but I wanted to go to U of T because I wanted to be downtown. Wow. That was the main reason. I liked the idea that the program was small, too. Yeah, it was pretty much in its infancy at that point, right? Like, early days, I think. Or well, just, uh, let's just like, small in terms of, like, class sizes i like yeah. the idea of of that okay um, i don't know you know i don't know if how much that is really a factor because and who are some obviously of your... every you know there are great musicians coming from everywhere but sure 
That sure. was at the time when I was in high school. That was my my reasoning. And was I there think. a teacher that led you there to U of T or? Uh, no. no, I didn't. I didn't know anything about any wow, of that. Sounds great. I and was you, like, you just went for it. Yeah. I didn't know who like. It was funny, like cool. like going to U of T because a lot of the other people who there's a number of like you start at U of T and there's these other all these other people there and a bunch of them like were really good when they got there like had already studied playing jazz for a while yeah and like I was not that person at all so yeah. it's pretty interesting like I I guess I that's great though I love this yeah like I, I, I was this. totally green I didn't know who any of the teachers were I didn't I hadn't heard them play None of that. I just. What were you? What were you freaking out over musically at that time? Like when you started at U of T. Like what were some of the? Who were some of the influences that you might have been listening to? Or apart from Scarlatti. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't really in my brain yeah, anymore yeah. at the time. Yeah. At, by then, but actually, I guess what happened was. Um, like, what would you audition with? Oh, the classics, uh, Autumn Leaves and okay, okay. Uh, probably Blue Bassa. <laughs> nice. Um, and then at U of T, like one of, the, one of the audition tunes is always something that, at the time that the, the director, Terry Promain, he would write a tune and send it out to everybody who was going to do an audition. So he had to learn this tune that he wrote. So the one that I played, if I can remember, was called... Uh, I can't remember what it was called. It had Fo Hung in the name, the restaurant. Every tune he wrote had the name Fo Hung in the Jesus. title. Every tune he wrote for the auditions. Whoa. So that, would have, that was part of the audition, too. Interesting. Who, who were you freaking out over musically, though? Well, I had been, for the, for the, the for like the, probably six months before my audition I had been studying bass with uh, Dan Fortin who was currently I forget if he was still a student there if he had graduated already yeah but I was yeah. studying with him so he had turned me on to the bad plus and uh, a lot of those the bad plus kind of side projects like happy apple and yeah. uh, the Reed Anderson records right on um, and uh Brad Meldow I was listening to a lot at the time. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah. And uh, what did you think of Chase Sanborn when you started at U of T? Was he a big... Uh, did you have to take classes with him or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he taught, he taught the first year uh, improv, jazz improv class. Yeah, <laughs> what... what uh, so you learned how to improvise, like uh, improvisatory tactics. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is, we're going to go here. I think we just might have. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, so uh, Chase taught the first year improv class, and uh, he had a book that he wrote called Jazz Tactics that we... we uh, we used a little bit in that class and his approach was uh, studying how basically lifting solos from other, um, you know, from yeah. lifting lines from the great jazz solos and, and trying to ingest that 
knowledge and, and turn that into information to draw upon for improvising, mm. which I guess is the, that's one of the sort of standard jazz tactics. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, we had his book. Um, he signed mine. That was kind of funny. That was a funny <laughs> thing that happened. That's I cool. didn't ask him to. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and did you feel that? Cause I felt this at U of T too, in my time there, like there were people that could just read through, you know, a symphonic score. Like it was, you know, uh, you know, a Hardy boys novel or something or a comic book. Right. And yeah, like, so you were saying there were people that just like multiple levels, some who really had their shit together. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's kind of eye and ear opening at the same time. And, but interesting that, I don't know, what did that do for you? Like just seeing all these different musicians at different levels and, and bonding who, like, I'm interested in who you might've bonded with when you were there, right. you know, like. Well, at first it was super terrifying. The first week yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. God, I'm in the wrong place. I can't handle i can't i can't hang with these people Everyone's how do i so fit good. in how do i fit in here and like i had never even like are you I playing like, upright or yeah, upright, electric yeah. upright okay um upright and i had hardly even like played tunes with other people before mm. and then there's all these other other guys who like could just like totally do that already at least that's how it seemed to me at the time yeah 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 um yeah 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 so it was really it was it was like totally a culture shock i guess at first and then but every you know every it's not like it was a super competitive place or anything everybody was like super nice and super supportive and um there was like a real community vibe so it 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 was actually really positive Mm -hmm. um i think like being around a group of like such high level yeah the players nice. like it it's going to up you and game. and people who aren't like trying to make you feel like they're better than you nice so uh that's good it, it's that's very good. encouraging actually cuz everyone wants yeah, yeah. everyone just wanted to make good music right on right on and um did you, you are there a lot of connections that you maintain through your yeah of course years? yeah 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 all pretty much all the people I that's nice. still play with are people from there that's wild uh, like uh, you know Chris Pruden and Rob yeah. Grieve and those are uh, Tara Kanangara okay. Alexi wow. Reshin wow, wow. Um, yeah all like Evan that's Cartwright it's great. great so yeah. I think that's how I came to know you is through Gregory O through the U of T, right? Um, I think so, yeah. yeah. So you were in Gregory O's uh, Chainsaw. Yeah, I did the Chainsaw ensemble. ensemble. Yeah. That was fun. Greg's classes were a lot of fun. Yeah. I loved Greg's classes. I yeah. took two with him. I, took, I, I did the Chainsaw Ensemble and uh, uh, Music for Live Electronics, I think it was Thank called. You. Yeah, I, I think Gregory O... Um, should be running the show there. Oh yeah. I keep Big saying time. that on this podcast. Nobody's listening. <laughs> um, does he still, does, do, is he still, did you, is he still involved? I there? think he's, I think so. I think he's still doing his thing, but um, nice to hear. Nice to hear that he, he was an inspiration there. Cause yeah, he was doing all kinds of fun. 
mm-hmm. fun stuff. So you got to take two things with Greg. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That makes sense to me that, that you would find uh, a weirdo voice in the mix there, right? Yeah, no, it was, it was really, like, I found, I think it was third year, I f- was trying to pick my classes, and I found this Music for Live Electronics, and I was mm. like, oh, that's, that sounds in- in- interesting, I like synthesizers, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Not that we really delved into synthesizers in that class, but I just, it sounded interesting, so yeah. I signed up for it, and yeah. I met Greg, and it was... It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot of stuff. And then uh, I took Chainsaw just because it was Greg. Yeah. So. And the next it was year. Chainsaw. And it was called Chainsaw, which sounded Badass. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what, in, that's what uh, in, university education should aspire to be, right? Chainsaw. Yeah. That's that's so great, and uh, and so you finish at U of T, and and what? How do you kind of form your community coming out of that, or were you you must have been just playing a lot through that and yeah. in bands while you were at university? Is that kind of did that happen? Yeah, that was the main thing. Like, uh, cool. Everyone who I really connected with, we just really wanted to play all the time, so that's what we did. We just would we'd stay at school and play as much as possible, and everyone also which uh so what projects come out of that falcon punch came out of that falcon punch. blastronaut also came out of that okay the first band i formed was called rhinoceros yeah that nice early on that was when i was just my second year but um so kind of all all of all of them like future machines i guess is one of like is new like is the first not the first one out of school but mm-hmm. wow um, well, yeah, the other main projects all happened there. Let's queue up one of them now. Here's uh, and maybe maybe from your earlier work, so we can kind of go back in time a little bit from either Blastro, Blastro, Not or Falcon Punch. You pick it. We'll play oh, it. Man. Here it comes now. He's gonna queue it up like a really good radio DJ. Well, one of my other former lives. Actually, good radio DJ. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, because you did some time at uh, CKLN. CKLN. Yeah, that's right. The one and only Ron Gaskin. There we go. Shout out to Ronnie Gas. Yeah, and Steve Slutkowski. And Steve Slutkowski, of course. Um, Episode number forty-two on Industry Tactics. Mm-hmm. Here it comes now. Well, you yeah. cue it up. Okay. You got the radio chops, not me. Yeah, well, I guess we'll listen to some Blastronaut. Is that how you would do it if you're on the radio? I don't know. We so didn't relaxed. Know we, were, we didn't know what we were doing. Industry <laughs> tactics. Okay, here it comes now. What are we going to do? Uh, I guess we'll play some Blastronaut. Yeah, I guess if we I really guess. have to. Yeah. I love that. Here it comes now. Some Blastronaut from the first release of the Blastronaut record. What's it called? Uh, I can't remember. Ah, oh, for fuck's sakes. Okay, here it comes now.
that was Icarus, written by Matt Fong. Uh, the band Blastronaut, straight out of straight out of university, they were. Yeah. That's Rob Greaves on the guitar. Yeah. Grieve. Grieve. Rob Grieve. on the guitar, and Ian. I- Ian Morris. Moffitt Morris on the on the drum kit. Yeah. And uh, from the your first release, we were once Cro-Magnum. Yes. So how do you go about writing that tune versus the one that we heard earlier from the Future Machines? Eh, it's more or less the same. Similar? That hasn't changed. <laughs> so a scribble? Yeah, I play, pick up a guitar and come up with a bunch of stuff and scribble it out on some sheet paper. Go to the music paper. Go to the band paper. That's what it's called. Yes, and so (laughs) and so you um, and you so so you'd bring that into a different group of musicians. Doesn't really change your game. So you're writing on guitar. You're playing bass, and uh, wow, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. You you are uh, love these projects. Love these projects the way they uh, the way they take shape. So you're sitting on right now a new blastronaut. Yes. Full length? No. We EP. Rec- just we, we recorded two songs uh, okay. about a year ago. It sounded so beautiful what you played for me. Rob playing a microtonal guitar in that one. Yeah, a, f- a fretless guitar. A fretless. A fretless guitar. Beautiful. Exciting so, stuff. Uh, Whoa. Shit. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, and you go back way back to, he was in the jazz program at U of T too? Yep. Yeah. It's so fascinating to see how we kind of create these little musical families of uh, mm-hmm. together, you know? Um, That's ultimately the best thing that came out of going to school. There you go. Is the people that you are your best friends for the forever and you play music with them forever. That sounds... Right? Uh, just frame that little line there right there and we'll, <laughs> we'll loop it. Actually, let's loop it in the spirit of good uh, radio. Here comes now a loop of Matt Fong saying that line fucking over and over again. Here it comes now. That's ultimately the and, best um, thing that came out of Do you have any school. synthesizer Patel? Is the people yeah. that you are With a little bit of synthesizer Patel on top. Here we go. We'll forever. add that in. That's ultimately the And we're having a great old time here at the Brit Paper Scissors Undisclosed Location Studio. Best friends for forever and play music with them forever. That's ultimately the best thing that came out of going to school. There you go. Is the people that you are your best friends for the forever and you play music with them forever. That's ultimately the best thing that came out of going to school. There you go. Is the people that you are your best friends for forever and you play music with them forever. That's ultimately the best thing that came out of That's ultimately the best thing that came out of going to school. It's the people that you are your best friends for forever. That's ultimately the best thing that came out of going to school. 
is the people that you are your best friends forever and playing forever. That's ultimately the best thing that came out of going to school. There you go. Is the people that you are your best friends for forever and you play music with them forever. Your best friends for the forever and you play music with them forever. Your best friends for the forever and you play music with them forever. Your best friends for the forever and you play music with them forever. Smell it if you can right now. You're smelling it, dear listener, and tweet us at Industry Tactics. What are some of your handles online? Where can people learn more about your music, Matt? Bandcamp. You're a big Bandcamp guy. So that Blast yeah. Not record, We Were Once Cro Magnum, is available on Bandcamp. Go check it out. Yeah. Blastro Not. Yeah. Blastronotband.bandcamp.com. There it is. There it is. There it is. And, um, okay. So, so what, what did I want to ask you? How do you get to touring with, uh, you, you, you've been to some punk houses. Oh you've man. You've seen some shit. I guess so. Who were you touring with and, and how did, how did, what did you learn? What are some of the tactics you would well, have brought if back? Gonna, if you're going to bring up the punk houses, that was, I toured, I went on two tours with a, mm. with a band called Born Wrong in 2012-ish, 2012-2013. Okay. And now I'm not um, a punk man. Uh, Born Wrong, uh, aren't we all? Where do they come out of and how did you get to playing with them? That was a band from Hamilton. Uh, yeah. My brother went to OCAD with the guitar player and Great. ran into him at a show one day and said, Hey, we need a bass guy. You want to come on tour? I said, okay. <laughs> you're <laughs> so easy fun. going. Great. Great. And how did it go? It was fun. You crossed the border. Yeah. No, we did it legit. We had visas and stuff. They had visas and yeah. stuff. And, and okay. And, Oh yeah. So the, I don't the know. Punk house, like the, the punk Philadelphia houses. punk house sounded like a one to remember. Oh yeah. That was fun. Well, wait, we think we, I think we, where do we play? We, I, we played in Philly on both tours. The first time was a, this place called Cloud City. Okay. Um, it yeah. was just a house that some people lived in and you have a show in the basement. Like I remember there's a mm. photo, I have a photo from that show of us playing and you can see like the laundry machine behind us. Great, great, great. Like, like. It was like it was like rush, but we were in a basement. Oh, thanks. Sorry, I had to bring that up. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. Thank you, thank you. That's um, like when I play at the Swiss Chalet. It's like rush. Those rotisserie yeah, chickens. Yeah, exactly. But it's at the Swiss Chalet. Yeah. Um, cool, man. And uh, and so you you played in this punk band, Born Wrong. Yeah. And you did two tours with them. Two tours, and I recorded two two seven inch records with them what do you enjoy about touring uh just playing every day yeah it's fun it's really fun playing every day is the best (laughs) there you go there you go and it's obvious what we don't enjoy about touring we don't have to talk about that right you eat well you brought a rice cooker on tour once i did i uh the first born wrong tour i brought a rice cooker that's inspiring. Did it work out for you? It was great. I well, you know, it. you lost the war on eating healthy on tour. Now you're just like, actually, you're terrible now, man. Like I used to count on you for a good health option. Now you just bring, you're like, let's go for pizza followed by cheeseburgers. 
Oh yeah, oh, your moral comp, your uh, health food down the sh- drain. You went down the drain. I don't know about pizza followed by cheeseburgers, but pizza followed by poutine. That's See? maybe what happened to us actually, last time. That's what you're bringing. That's what you're bringing to the party now. <laughs> it wasn't the just rice me, cooker. though. No, but yeah. See, this is the that's problem with Phil eating George shit. Miles. Yeah, eating me shit on the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You need kind of a. You need someone with a rice cooker. You need someone that's that's just doing it. That's going going off the the obvious path to to bad health and and going like yeah you know what it's cool guys i'm gonna open up a can of chickpeas yeah you need that yeah you probably do but you fell you're just like it's too much work yeah it was a lot of work it was a lot of work you'd have to i'd like make the band stop it i'd make us stop at grocery stores so i could like get some stuff and i mean the other guys were that back, doing it too, like not yeah. rice cooker, but they would buy stuff to make sandwiches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't it's like it's cheaper, I, yeah. it's healthier, the whole bit. Funny, eh? Yeah. yeah. But then there's that Quebec poutine, and they got the fucking cheese curds at the gas station. Oh my god! You're only human, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, when in Quebec. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, Okay, Matt Fong. So, so you, how many? You're, so you, you've you, you've got this release coming out. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? I want to. I want to. I want to. Uh, what's coming up? What's coming up? Uh, you, I mean, you're doing all this great work here. That, so you're you're living life as a as a full on creative. Out of university, you ran your own CD printing house called. rad dudes yeah yeah rad dude yeah and and uh and and so you've been in that that side of things too like the diy you know how to do this shit yeah i guess it was kind of always about and it's still always about diy i guess love that like i for whatever reason like to do all the different parts of i don't like giving the things away to someone else to do for me i like to be involved in all the parts yep yep so what do you do here what what is your role if you can talk about it a little bit um it sounds like it's um multi-pronged if we might say yeah yeah? i'd say so i'm well i'm i'm like learning how to edit video right now which is a lot of fun great like trying to edit some live some live performance videos which is a lot of fun to edit wow um and then you know as a result Beautiful. i'm like trying to mix the audio too yeah for these live performance videos yeah, yeah, and yeah checking out some animation stuff like for the intros and all kinds of stuff design lots of design which you you you've got chops in right from from working at printing houses and stuff like this right and and rad dude i assume would have had a lot of that yeah yeah um that's so great it's all part of it it all plays into the body of work if you look at right it all i I think where it all came from is if you as a musician you make a recording yeah and then you there's all these other things that have to happen when you make a recording Mm. and for me for some reason i always just wanted to do all that stuff myself so like from making show posters Yes. And then you make a recording and you're like, oh, well, I guess that needs packaging. So I guess I have to design something now. Man, you, you even ran your own magazine. Oh, yeah. I mean, what was that called? Spontaneous Combustion. Best review I've ever had, Matt Fong. 
That was, that was, I had fun writing that one. How many years did you put that out? Two years. Two years. Yeah. This, that's, that's it. The DIY vein. It runs deep, you know? Yeah, we did that for two. That was a lot of fun. Who did you do that with? Uh, with uh, Mark O'Brien, the okay. uh, the illustrator. Oh, and, yeah, uh, who I met in yes. Montreal. Yes, yeah. you met in Montreal. Okay. And uh, he came to that Cameron House show that we wrote about. He was there. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, Steve oh. Slutkowski. Oh, wow. So the three of us were like the 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 main people, I guess. And uh, Just And then we had a bunch of people who were writing for us and stuff like that. What inspired you to to do that? Was it just to to get a fire going in terms of a of a scene in a community or what? Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I wanted to huh. try to see more people at the shows that we were playing and putting on. And where were you playing around that time? Like what were some of the venues that you were Uh that was when when Tequila Bookworm was happening, when okay. Steve Ward was booking Tequila Shout Steve Ward to... was booking all kinds of stuff then. Shout out to Steve Ward, um, uh, episode number 41. Oh, yeah. Tequila Bookworm, he was booking uh, that waffle place. I think that was Steve who was booking the waffle place. I, man. Uh, this is Somewhere great. There. Okay. Uh, okay, I remember seeing you at Somewhere There a few times, loving yeah. it. Uh, I can't remember where else. Beautiful, though. At the time, great, too, though. we were, like, with, with Blasternaut, we were kind of, like, dipping into the punk scene, too. So we were playing at all of those places. Like, I remember we, we put on shows at the Rivoli, at the... Oh, man. I'm blanking. What was the name of the place that Fat as Fuck played at that you met those guys at? The Turnpike? Soy Bomb. The Soy Bomb. Yeah. We were I wish at, I could have... There were lots of exciting things happening at Soy Bomb. Wow. Wow. Um, so that was, so a, great. that was a big thing at that time, too. Um, so you put your own magazine in. Was it a monthly? Monthly. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, every noble. month. While you were at U of T? Yeah, it was... Well, yeah. Good for you. You'd have it no other way, though, right? <laughs> like, looking back on it? No, I, no, I, I guess it's not. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Okay, so you're going to put this cassette out. When does it drop? March 29th. March 29th. So check it out on Bandcamp, and it'll on be a Bandcamp. cassette release. Cassette release. Uh, it's on Bandcamp. Uh, I'm going to like put it on Spotify and stuff, too. March 29th. I know we didn't play any Falcon Punch, but I'd urge you, we don't have time. Go out and listen to it on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. I want to end with another track, if you will. Sure. From the new record, this is? Uh, we can listen to uh, the Arcade Machines Make Us Animals. Matt, thanks for opening up. An hour just flew by with yeah, you. Synthesizer Patel, you've gone and done it. <laughs> we didn't even talk about your love of synthesizers, but we threw a little on through your beautiful loop earlier. So yeah. he's a synth boy. Go check him out. He's on many different... Uh, well, where are they? Where's the best place to find your work? If people want to want to tap into your 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 work, where, where can they find you? I guess uh, I guess. Oh my goodness! I don't I don't that, that I don't think there is a best place right now. It's all over the place. He's all the on different Instagram pages. Yeah, he's on Instagram as Blastronaut. Blastromat. Um, 
the fuck? Thank you. It's Blastro Matt. Yeah. And uh, and he's on. Uh, and and look up this this Future Machines record when it comes out. Okay, we're gonna end. Thanks a lot, Matt. Really no, appreciate thank, thank the, the tactics. Yeah. I'm gonna sign a, an industry tactics. tactics book for you and yes, give it please. to you as we finish this. This is the Arcade Machines make us animals from their upcoming release, Future Machines. Yeah. Love ya. Love you too.
Were you getting all of that, gentle listener? One, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, right? You gotta count that shit. That was some serious math, uh, uh, mathematics from, uh, Future Machines. That was the track, uh, to be released on March 29th. The Arcade Machines Make Us Animals. And check them out at the Burdock for their release on April 2nd if you're in the Toronto area. Thanks again, Matt Fong, for opening up. That was a fun one. And boy, did we go Patel there in the middle of the uh, the whole thing. A little synthesizer Patel from our friend. Uh, and indeed, uh, we want to grow old with our best friends making music. So thank you for that. And check Matt out uh, with the Lollipop people the first Monday night of every month at the, the old Cameron House. We'll see you again very soon. I'll sign your book on industry tactics.